unacceptable. Dr. Rick dropping in on you. Hope everybody is having a great week. It's the middle of the week. Hopefully um, things are going your way. Um, And remember what I always say, that if you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. And I'm going to take this moment. um, This is Wealth Building Wednesday. Uh, What I have to share with you Uh, Today is going to be succinct, but it's going to be powerful. It is a major element and component in the process and journey of building wealth. Uh, But I want to take a brief moment because you guys, you stop in, you share with me. uh, I share with you, those of you who have followed me for some time and are close and pay attention know uh, that on a personal level, this has been an immensely challenging challenging uh, year for me. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details. Uh, I try to keep a lot of my personal stuff. If you've been around, you know, we talked about this early in the year, but uh, I got some devastating news on yesterday. Uh, I lost one of my brothers. uh, And there's a lot of history that goes with that too. Uh, So keep me my siblings uh, lifted, definitely his wife and his daughter lifted. And just just do that. But when I tell you that if you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. When I tell you, you have to press through. When I tell you that it's immensely important that you don't give in, that you don't quit, that you don't fold, that my successes have come because I'm relentless, not because I've somehow learned how to circumvent the vicissitudes, challenges, disruptions, heartaches, heartbreaks of life. I experience them. Sometimes they come in waves. It's just that I have a mindset that I'm not going to quit. Uh when I found out about this on yesterday, I mean, it literally, I couldn't get up. And like I said, there's some history that goes behind it that, you know, I'm holding to myself, but um, this was challenging. Um, and probably even so more so for my siblings, but um, <laughs> top that off on, what you know, I've already had to try to work through, and it's a lot. But I tell you what, I'm still standing. Uh, I'm still believing in, and I, 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 I went through this process of: Am I going to do what I do today? Uh, I cleared my schedule as far as clients are concerned because they deserve my best, and I'm kind of in and out, and I, you know, and I, I want, you know, and I needed some time, but at the same time, I can't just sit around. It's not how I'm built. Uh, I'm motivated by pro- productivity. I'm motivated by progression. I'm lifted in spirit by giving and by contributing, and so. I needed to do something. So I said, man, I'm going to go ahead and I'm doing Wealth Building Wednesday. But I just wanted to take that time because 
you know, sometimes people are saying things and you, you take it as, oh, yeah, it's easy for you to say. I'm telling you that there's nobody that gets to go around the challenges of life. Everybody's going to face it. Everybody's going to experience loss. Everybody's going to experience heartache. Everybody's going to experience betrayal. Everybody's going to experience difficult moments and challenges. No matter who you are, where you come from, uh, it's going to happen. It's simply what is. What you do in the moment of challenge is going to have a massive impact on the outcome of your life. So I just want to, again, encourage you. Uh, and also ask, hey, keep the family lifted. Now, uh, this is Wealth Building Wednesday, and this is the day that we offer you an opportunity to enroll in our Legacy Wealth uh, six-month masterclass, which also comes with uh, a free lifetime membership into the Epic Ram community of high achievers, a mastermind group where people who come with their desires, their aspirations, their lofty goals and find that they are realistic and attainable and they work with people who have achieved it most of the people that make the foundation of this mastermind group are former or current clients of mine so uh i want to encourage you uh if you are really serious about developing a an understanding and an awareness of what it takes to develop and build wealth you want to enroll in this course. This course is easily worth $10,000. And right now you can enroll in this six month course for less than a thousand. I can't tell you how long that price will stay there because it is so much value in it, but I want you to take advantage of it. There are some other opportunities also listed in the description box for those who want to work with me one-on-one -on -one or those who are interested in online courses. All of that stuff is there. So with that being said, I'm going to move into this. And there's so much to think about and talk about in understanding what wealth building is. There, there, there are two, to me, dynamics, the front end and the back end of the money equation. The front end is revenue generation, how you earn your money, how you get your money. Uh, ultimately, the wealth building, the back end is what you do with your money so that your money starts to get money for you versus you consistently have to, having to go out and get money. So the front end is whether it's a job, whether you start a company, whatever it is, or you come from an independently wealthy family and you inherit your trust uh, whatever. And now you, what are you going to do with it? Because it's not what you get, it's what you keep. That is going to determine the life you live and how, how much wealth you build or how, how horribly things end up financially. Um, I've seen people with very little build a lot. So the idea that you need a certain amount before you can ever start having this conversation is one of the biggest lies being told because it's not Theodore, uh, Johnson never earned more than $14,000 at UPS. And obviously that's a long time ago, but never more and retired at age six, I want to say 65 worth 72 million, taking 20% of his income and properly and wisely investing it over, I think a 35 year period. And 
he died at 90 and gave half of his wealth away because he was still earning money long after he retired. He was earning more in his investments, obviously, than he was earning in his job, but he kept it, uh, which I find interesting. Same thing with uh, John Crowley. John Crowley is a young black parking lot attendant. Never made more than $12 an hour. I think something like $20,000 a year tops. Retired with a net worth of more than 500000 House paid off, children's college paid off, and more. Um, simply by understanding that you don't wait for something. You don't look for a magical number. You work with what you have. It's the stewardship that you uh, execute with what you have that's going to have the long-reaching effects of what you end up with. Uh, there are so many dynamics. We talk about money. We talk about the difference between money and currency. We talk about assets and liabilities. And uh, so much. One of the things we're going to have, uh, if, unless something changes, is next week we're going to do, uh, we're going to have a discussion on the difference between assets and liabilities. How do you define an asset versus uh, a liability? A lot of people have liabilities that they're classifying as assets because they don't understand. Uh, we're going to get into the, the, uh, defining with clarity what an asset is, what a liability is, and how you determine your net worth and all of that. But let's talk today. Real simple, uh, real simple lesson. The greatest enemy of wealth is debt. If you talk about everybody talks about everybody looks up uh, celebrities and different peoples, the rich people and uh, people they consider to be ultra wealthy. They look up their net worth. They look up the net worth of rappers, the net worth of uh, of uh, other celebrities, the net worth of uh, movie stars and all of this. They want to know what their net worth is. Well, in the most basic sense, the net worth of a person is what they have in total in, 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 in assets, uh, whether that's stocks, whether that's cash, whether that's pro real estate property, uh, fine jewels, art collections, whatever they have classified as assets minus their debt expenses, things that they owe people or entities. And you subtract the debt from the total asset holdings and you have a person's net worth. Well, if you are trying to increase your net worth, the greatest enemy or the greatest thing working against it is your debt. Uh, what most people find who are struggling to get out of a hole is debt. The thing that anchors people in poverty more than anything else is debt. And it's real hard to escape debt in a debt-based economy. The economy is literally, literally driven. The economy we operate, this capitalist economy we operate in, in the U.S. is literally driven by convincing people to spend more money than they have. In other words, to buy things on credit. Then that debt is literally sold. So the value of the dollar is being backed by the debt accumulation of the people. And that's why uh, we are uh, the citizens of the U.S. Uh, uh, they, they keep so much of a uh, uh, they keep track of so much of what you are, who you are, and where you are, because you are an asset to the economy. We want to know what you're spending. We want to know. And, and, and the thing is, it doesn't matter how much you make. It's how much you spend. We, if we can get you to spend more than you make. 
or we can get you to use credit versus your own assets. And so what you do is you end up spending. So the idea is that has to be a certain percentage of the uh, the population that is consumer minded. What does that mean? That means that the focus is on accumulating things that do not appreciate in value, because whether you're consumer minded or you are wealth minded or you are uh, in the mindset of building and growing and developing wealth, the thing is, you're going to have to put out something one way or another. You're either spending or investing. The only difference between spending and investing is one has a return and one has a depreciated value. In other words, if I am a consumer, I am buying things that do not hold value and that do not appreciate in value and thusly depreciate in value. So I end up spending more on something than it's going to be worth to me tomorrow, next year, the year after that, and so forth. If I am an investment-minded person focused on building wealth, a great deal, everybody's going to be a consumer at some level. You've got to buy stuff that you know won't hold value. Food, it holds value in a way that you can't really monetize. Your health is literally invaluable. But we're talking about in things that you can measure. So uh, what happens is, in an, if I'm an investment-minded a significant amount of what my, what I'm doing with the money that I earned is finding ways to put it into things that either hold value over a long period of time, which guards against the depreciation of the currency I'm using to purchase it. In other words, I understand that if I put my money in the bank, which most people who don't understand wealth think that a millionaire has a million dollars in the bank, the average millionaire does not. The average millionaire drives a Toyota Camry, if I'm not mistaken or a Honda or a car, it's one of them. And most of that stuff is going to be in some some asset, whether it's the stock market, whether it's real estate, whether it's in uh, annuities, but it's going to be in something that holds value. And it's their net worth, not their cash holdings. Uh, but that net worth comes with a certain amount of power, fluidity, and protectability against currency uh, depreciation or currency devaluation. And the problem is most people don't get that. But what happens is when an invested investment minded person spends money, they're spending money with the understanding that I need to find assets that appreciate in value. So I'm, 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 I'm looking at companies that have proven track records in this in, in public traded stock markets. I'm looking for opportunities to invest in other smaller companies that show promise. I'm looking to invest in real estate. I'm looking to invest in art. I'm looking to invest in things that are insurable and can be used as collateral if necessary. And that protects against the devaluation of currency because the dollar is very volatile again because it's not backed by anything of value it's backed by debt it's literally driven by the fact that people will go out and spend the problem is this is what we're dealing with with inflation the graph a great part of the inflation right now is it due to what will normally drive inflation high demand uh low inventory uh that will drive, that will inflate prices when there's a strong demand for something and it's not like in the housing market. A lot of that inflation is d directly due to a shortage in inventory 
in a high demand for housing. But a part of that, and then with most other things, like even in groceries, it's not so much the demand, uh, supply and demand issue that's driving the price. It's the devaluation of the dollar. The dollar simply does not carry the punch it used to have. It's not worth what it used to be, and it's consistently being devalued. So how do you protect against that? You got to know how to leverage with other currencies. You got to also understand to invest what you have in something that holds value. So in other words, it will not depreciate when the value of the dollar depreciates. So you still hold wealth in a way that it cannot dissipate and it protects you. And it can also be leveraged and uh, liquidated when necessary in other currencies in economies that are stronger. Those are things that you have to aware, of, but you have to understand that you can't keep buying and spending more than you have and ever talk about being wealthy. Credit is something that you need and in the right situation, in the right time, you have to use it for certain things, but you should use it judiciously. And one of the things I see that so many people that come from medial to impoverished backgrounds is in the pursuit of education, they go into debt. And so they start out in their professional lives behind the eight ball. And they never look at alternatives to developing a skill set, the alternatives to developing the knowledge necessary, the alternative to having to pursue a traditional or conventional job in order to find their footing. And so they end up in debt and spend the first 10 to 15 years of their lives just trying to dig out of that hole. Well, you're already behind the eight ball as far as positioning yourself in power and building wealth. And so the, the one thing, uh, and I created uh, a little guide for teaching children and teens about this. Um, and that thing is, if you want it, Shoot me an email at CEO at rickwallacephd.link and um, I'll send you the link to that guy. I think it's like 10 bucks, but it's worth way more than that because it shows you exactly how to teach young children. And if you don't know, it's a good place to start of learning the basics of managing your money. Now, again, you have to be keenly aware of how debt is impacting you. What are you going into debt for? Now, there are some times you need to go into debt. Maybe you need to go into debt to be, to have a certain amount in order to invest in something. Or you may have to go into debt because of something you absolutely need. You need a vehicle and the vehicle you need, you can't afford to pay cash for. Well, you, you, but you should have a, a, a specific plan of how you're going to pay that, that, that car off before, long before the contract says it needs to be paid off. Uh, and there's a number of reasons of that. We, we, we operate in the reverse of what uh, people with a wealth mindset operate in. We operate in compounded debt. They operate in compounded growth. Uh, if you're not indexing, if you're not in some form of an index, S&P 500 is probably the most popular and most stable, approximately 10% consistently annually compounded. Well, most people are having compounded debt, especially in your house. Your house is not an asset until you own more equity in it than you owe. And 
you have to understand how even that works against you because you still have interest being compounded. You need to understand how interest works with you or for you because you, you can get compounded growth or you can get compounded debt. Most people who are struggling financially or have not developed a path to a path to wealth building. And it's a path. It's a process. It's not some get rich quick overnight thing. It's changing a mindset. It's changing your movement. It's changing how you operate. One of the first things you've got to do is say, how much debt do I have? And then you have to sit and say, okay, I need to eliminate as much of that as I possibly can or all of it when I possibly can. And then you start from there. And then your mindset should always be whatever I need to do that isn't essential should always be done without the accumulation of debt. If I put it on my card, I need to pay it completely off. Before the interest accumulates on it. Now. With that being said. Your biggest enemy is probably the thing you are most intimate, intimately connected to right now, if we're going to be honest, is debt. I know people, and this isn't taking shots because trust me, I've had my share of challenges. This is, this is me being honest. I know people who are in their 50s still struggling with their student loan debt. I wish I could tell you that's just poor management by some people, but I'm telling you it's set up to catch a certain amount of people because that debt is what drives the consistency of the economy. It is what holds people in place. And what you have to understand is you've got to find a way to navigate. You've got to find a way to get around it. You got to say, okay, I can, I can't continue to rob Peter to pay Paul. That's not real management. That's survival. And you can never achieve wealth while in survival mode because achieving wealth is going to require a certain level of risk. You're going to have to get out and put some things into some things that sometimes will not produce a return. That's just simply the game. But when you learn the game, when you develop a mindset, and that's what we are going to be teaching in Legacy Wealth, how to read financial statements from publicly uh, traded companies, how to read the movement in the market, how to understand uh, when you are in, you have a chance for a good real estate deal, um, how to understand the currency market and so much more, how to create your own channels are, are opportunities to generate revenue. You should have at least two independent streams of income that you control, no matter how good your job is. You should have something you control, something that if I wake up in the morning and I decide I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, then I have the opportunity to, to feed and provide for myself and my loved ones. That is something that everyone should be trying to do because if someone else owns your stream of income, any of a number of things can happen that can end that. I've watched it happen over and over and over again. I've, I've told this story more than one time. I'm, I'll tell it to you again real briefly. 
uh, one of the companies that I had uh, focused on international relocation. My job was to expatriate and repatriate high-level executives from companies like EDS, um, Unical, Nortel, uh, Flora Daniels, Dresseran, uh, a number of other companies that are sending their high-level executives over to different offices overseas to work three, four, five years. They are expatriating, they're setting up, they're going to send their kids to school there. We do all that. We do the visas, the passports, we do the uh, packing of the household goods, uh, the home finding expeditions, the customs clearance, all the stuff like that. And one of the things that happened in this is I end up being the person who had to repatriate Enron employees when the company collapsed. Now, Enron was an energy company that over the years had had mass, mass, mass reports of profit and stocks were soaring and um, employees were doubling down on their 401ks. And we're going to talk 401k, whole nother, whole nother jar of worms, crap, whatever you want to call it. We're going to get into 401ks and annuities and a bunch of other things. But check this out. I was bringing people back who thought their lives were set. You know, high level executives you know, most, for the most part, going to land on their feet, number one. Most of them are going to have a reserve that hold them together until they figure out what they're going to do next. And their, their area of expertise is going to pretty much give them a landing somewhere. They're going to get hired, especially back then. The ones that really blew my mind and got to my heart were the ones who had spent a lot of time with the company on, sec on second tier jobs like personal assistant. One lady in particular, a white lady that had to be 60 years old. She was a couple of years away from retiring, expecting to retire with over a million dollars uh, in her 401k. And it had gotten drained completely because they had fooled around with their 401ks and they were weighted way heavy in Enron stock. And when that stock crashed, they lost everything. Now, this woman is 60, having to start over. That's why you get something you control. That's why I created the seven day online business launch to show people that you can create a, a, a revenue that will help leverage and hedge your primary source of income. Supplement that and make sure that you're never completely out of the game. Uh, but that's something that you need to think about. Look, whatever you do. Start working on reducing your debt. Uh, my partner, Tiffany, is great with that. She's also great with helping you understand how your debt is impacting your credit, how to effectively, legally, and strategically improve your credit rating so that when it is time to do something in which you need it, you're not paying astronomical interest rates for it. Um, so again, we are working to help build something so that the average person can find that they are not relegated to poverty. They're not relegated to middle life living. They can literally pursue anything in this world they want to pursue from a financial perspective. If they're committed to it, if they have the patience and the fortitude, it's, it's, it takes time, but it can be done. 
we want to work with you. So again, the link for the uh, Legacy Wealth uh, Masterclass, it's a six-month program, and you end up with a lifetime membership. So you'll have access to me, some of the other people that I have the unbelievable blessing and opportunity to work with around, uh, with and around, uh, literally sharing with you, giving you advice. All of this stuff in the Epic Realm is free. We built it for people who want to see things change for other people and to be a part of something special. Um, So I really and truly hope uh, that you take advantage of that. So I am going to get off. I want you to think about what it is. If you've got anything you want to share for those who will be watching it on the replay, uh, ask questions. I'll try to get back to it. Like I say, right now I'm going through a lot, uh, but you guys keep me lifted and I'm going to keep pushing. That's that's the only thing I know how to do. And you guys take care. On that note, I'm out of here. As I always say, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on E. I challenge you to take the same approach. On that note, I'm out. 